Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. We're getting ready to start. I'm calling this Commit 21 for 23. Came up with that all by myself. Commit 21 for 23. 21 days, it's year 23, so that's kind of what, what we did. But we're, we're going to focus on some things. We're going to focus on... On, on, on fasting, we're going to talk about it a little bit today. We're going to focus on prayer. Uh, talk about it a little bit today. Uh, reading, reading our Bible, having devotions. We're going to talk about, about that a little bit today. Um, and we're going to talk about coming to church. We're going to talk about that. So it's kind of a package deal, a thing that we want to commit on and, and what, we want to, what we want to focus on. And So let's, let's dive in. Let's go to Matthew 17. Matthew 17. I'm going to go to verse 14 and uh, kind of use... Uh, this is a backdrop a little bit. I got several scriptures, several things I want to share with you today. Um, let's go with this having to do with prayer and fasting. It says, and when, when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. Have mercy, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. And he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could do, they could do not, nothing. They could not cure him. And then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring the boy to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and he came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. They didn't want to do it publicly, but they did it privately. And it says, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. Let me stop here before uh, we, we beat each other up. I keep bringing this up because I think it's important. You, you got to have belief to have unbelief. You got to have faith to have unbelief. And so it wasn't as much a rebuke as it was an instruction in trying to, uh, trying to encourage them. You know, we need to do it need a little bit more. I think, I think going into 2023, we have faith, we just, we just need more. And how do, how do we get more faith? We, we believe him more. We believe him, and you believe him more, the, 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 the focus on believing him is, is knowing him and knowing who he is. And so this is what he's saying, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, mustard seed is just small, it says don't take a lot, you just got to have a little bit of faith, um, you will say to this mountain, one thing we learned in 2022 about a mountain, a mountain is, is, is symbolic in, in Scripture to kingdoms, to kingdoms, only two kingdoms on this, on this planet, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness, kingdom of God and the kingdom of, of the devil. And you are always in contact with one or the other. You kind of like this middle finger, there's two of them. You're always in contact with one or the other. And sometimes you want to have the faith to whenever there's a kingdom, the kingdom of darkness is trying to rest over your family, over your finances, over your mind, will, emotion, whatever. You want, to, you, want that, you want to have the power to remove it. Amen. Go. That's what rebuke is. It said Jesus rebuked the devil. That word rebuke there means stop it. That's enough. Always understand. Well, rebuke, that's a, well, that's a, that's a, that's a good word. You know, that's, it must mean he shouted. It must mean he had a good worship team going. No, it just simply means you tell the devil to stop it, and he stops it. Amen. And so, um, you always know if, if, the, if the enemy, if you get the enemy to, to, to listen to you, then you got him. You're, you're, in, you're in trouble when you tell the enemy to do something, he doesn't do it. And so we need more faith, we need more power. So whatever we, whatever we tell them to do, their instructions are following. Jesus told the devil to, to, to stop it. And he stopped it. And so the disciple says, well, why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we tell the enemy to stop it? Why couldn't we, why couldn't we slow down the kingdom of darkness? And then in verse 21, it says, it says, however, however, that means that verse 21 is actually attached to verse 20. He says, however, this kind, this kind of power, this kind of power, uh, as a, take a, a, a faith as a grain of a mustard seed, that remove mountains from here and cast it in over there. He says, however, this kind only goes out except for with prayer and with fasting. And with prayer and with fasting. The one thing I always want to say about with prayer and fasting um, is that I believe if God could get it to us any other way, he would. Or if there was any other, put it this way, if there was any other way that God could get it to us, 
He would. But he has chosen, he has chosen prayer and fasting to, to kick it up a notch. To, to, to put that focus. If you're here Wednesday night, we really talked about focus. To get that focus in there. And to focus on what God wants us to do. So, so that's what we want to do. We want to commit. To commit means we got to focus. And we're going to focus on some things that, that God will have us to focus on. And, and we're going to see what the enemy would not do, he's going to start doing. And that's what's very important. Okay, let's go to Matthew uh, 9. And to Matthew 9 and verse 20. We're going to read you another story. And here in this story, it's the woman with the issue. I'm going to read a whole lot about her just a little bit. And it says, And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind Jesus and touched the hem of his garment. And that's important. All she wanted to do was touch the hem of his garment. There was a reason for that. For she said to herself, the actual translation there depends on what translation you got there. She said within herself. So I mean, knows it wasn't just to herself. It was in her. There was something in her that, that, that she saw. And this is important here. There's something within her that she saw when she reached out and touched the hem of his garment. Because the Bible says she, she said within herself. Yeah, she could translate it that she saw within herself. That if only she could touch his garment, she shall be made well. And Jesus turned around. And when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, comma, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that very hour. Now, I want to break this up because we know nothing else about this lady. We know this is a woman who knew how to approach Jesus. And I want to, I want us to, as we begin to start a journey, like we're getting ready to start on this, it's 2023, you start a new year. We, got, we want to be resolute in, in what we're doing. We've we got new things we want to focus on. You're in church today. You want to commit to this. You want to commit to these four things we want to commit to. We want to commit to, to prayer. We want to commit to fasting. We want to commit to reading our Bibles. We want to commit to come to church. Everything, what we really want to do, we want to commit to getting closer to God. Every, all, all this I'm saying, there's not more stuff for us to do. The Lord knows we got plenty of stuff to do. We want to get closer to God. This woman was coming to God, and it was her approach. It was her, be honest with you, it was her reckless approach. It was reckless because she was, uh, she, in, in her condition, she wasn't supposed to be in public. They could have stoned her right there in the streets because of her condition. That, the, the laws of the land, she could, they could have done it. But she wasn't after the laws. Whenever we start following laws, we start getting religious. Whenever we start following the laws of, uh, of, of, of God, and nothing wrong with that, we, but we have to be careful about getting, getting religious. And so she came after him just completely throwing the laws out, throwing, uh, throwing whatever was orthodox out, and she came with a, with a reckless, just, just a, a, a reckless devotion towards him. And be honest with you, that's what he noticed. That's what he noticed. The one thing about this lady that's been proven as far as who she was, that she, had, she was full of fear, she was full of faith, and she was full of superstition. You say, where did superstition come from? The superstition came in from the fact that even now in that part of the country, they, they believe, especially who believe in, in, in pagan worship, who believe in many gods, they believe if you ever get close enough to a God and touch any part of his garment, you will be made well. And so she knew Jesus because of everything he was doing and, and, and because of the mighty works and the mighty, um, and the mighty healings and, and the displays of power that he's already displayed. She thought, man, the doctors can't help me. Nobody can help me. But if I can reach out and touch the him and his garment. See, she didn't see him as the God. She saw him as a God. And I want to set this up because we want to, we, what I don't want us to do as we begin to, to give something to God, begin to read our Bibles, be committed to reading our Bibles for 23 and, and committed to, committed to doing things of God. I don't want us to get religious. I want us, I want us to get, have a devotion towards him. And just having a passion towards him. Because here's the thing. When he turned to her in verse 22, in verse 20, go to verse 22 up here. When he goes to verse 22, and whenever she touched, he says, If I may just touch a hymn as garment, I shall be made well. Verse 22. And whenever he got to verse 22, if I say it enough times, it'll change. Verse 22. <laughs> if I look at them, it'll change. How about that? Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he saw what? 
He saw a woman full of fear because she could have been stoned. But at the same time, he did see some faith because she was there, right? He saw some faith. And, but whenever, and, and she, she, was, she was superstitious. And when he saw, and when he saw that, but, but what, what, I, what I believe he saw, he saw her desperation. You know, sometimes God loves for us to get desperate. And her approach was desperate. Remember I told you, it said that she said within herself. And that's faith. Within herself, if you if you if you if you break down the whole um, the the whole meaning behind the Greek connotation behind what she was saying within herself, I've I've heard in the commentary, read in the commentary, it's like a painter, and a painter starts with a with a blank canvas, right? And and he just he just starts, you know, what's that blob and, and what's that stroke and what's this? To us, if you're watching it. It's, it's a bunch of blobs. If, if you watch all the way through the whole picture, it becomes a beautiful, a beautiful mountains with a stream coming through it with some sequoias and this, all kinds of beautiful things. You thought, wow, I didn't see that. What you got to understand is that he saw it within himself before he started. When he started with that blob, with blob, when he started with that stroke, when he started with everything, didn't see anything like us, she already saw it. That's how you need to approach Jesus. With such a desperation that it doesn't make sense to anybody else. But within yourself, boy, if I can just touch him like I've never touched him before, things that don't look like nothing is going to become something. You got to see it within yourself. Why are we praying? Because we see a change within ourselves. Why are we having devotion and reading our Bible? Because we see a change within ourselves. Why are we going to make it a commitment to come to church? Because within ourselves, we know it's going to do good. Why are we going to fast something and give it to God? Because we know within ourselves, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to change us. We see something about God that, that nobody else sees and it's going to change what we have. And that's what's very important. Is Sarah, she had a she had an act of worship, and that's what she was doing to worship. I did this a while ago, and it just hit me. I want to, it hit me again. I want us to go to Genesis, and over in Genesis, um, kind of a kind of a side note, but it's really not. I think it fits in well here because the one thing you're going to realize that that whenever you fast, whenever you pray, you read your Bible, you come to church. You, what what you got to do? You got to you got to worship God. You want to make sure you're worshiping him. And I just told you that worship is a response to the grace of God and what he can do and who he is. It's a response to his finished works, the finished works that, that he has for us. So the Bible says in Genesis 12 and 7, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give you this land. He took Abram. Abram had, he wasn't even Abraham yet. He was just Abram. And he took him. He took him out to like a, I guess, to a hill, and he showed him all this land. He says, "I'm only going to give you, I'm going to give you this land. As far as you can see, all this belongs to you. It's the promised land." He said, "But not only am I going to give it to you, but I'm going to give it to your descendants." And what I love about that, that the Bible says, and, it's, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, "To your descendants, I will give you this land." And there, I'll teach you here in a, in a minute that there. There's a place of worship. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So right there he began to build an altar. What does that mean? That altar there means he began to prepare a place of worship. He began to worship God. And there in the Old Testament it begins to teach us about worship. God begins, or Abraham here is teaching us about worship. We worship God even though he hasn't not only received one blade of grass of that land, he hasn't had a child yet, but he's already worshiping God, not for what he's done, but what he knows he's going to do. Worship is always, is, is always thanking God for the grace or thanking God for the ability to receive something that without God, I could never have. And right, what I love about this part is right there and right then he started worshiping God. Don't wait. I mean, we said on, on the 29th when we finish this thing, we're going to get in here and we're just going to worship God and thank him for all that he's done. But honey, don't wait. For these 21 days, you should be worshiping God and praising God because you know he's going to do it. Because you know he's going to do it. And so I want to go a little bit, another step further. I want to go to um, 22. I've got a little bit more time in this service. And, and Genesis 22, verse 5. Genesis 22, verse 5. And Abraham said to his, to his young men, 
stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go there and worship, and then we will come back to you. So Abraham now, now he has a child. He has a child named Isaac. He has a child named Isaac. And now he tells them, see, this is, this is old covenant. He tells them, this is even before the law here. This is, this is how far back this goes. This is, this is his old covenant here. This is, this is Abraham, the father of our faith. And Abraham says, I'm going there. Obviously, in the Old Testament, it's different. In the New Testament, there was a place you had to go and worship. And whatever worship was, they were going to go there and do it. We don't know what it was yet. This is the first time it's even called worship. It, it comes up here in a minute. But he goes there. He goes to a place. I'm thankful that we don't have to go there to worship God. We can worship him in spirit and truth wherever, whenever, however we want to. Amen. You can worship in your shower. Just be careful. Don't slip. If you worship, you go to highest praise. Don't get too bucking you. You might fall and hit your head. In your car, you mow on your grass, on your job. We can worship him because we acknowledge him and who he, who he is. But obviously in, in the Old Testament here, you had to go there. He said, we're going to go there. We're going to worship him. Whatever they do, it's going to be called worship. And so they go. He said, we're going to go there. We're going to worship him. And then let's go to verse 9. And they came to the place. They got there. On the place which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar. And there he placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son. And he laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord stopped him. And let me stop here. I read verse 12, chapter 12, because I wanted you to see that God made a promise to, to, to Abraham. He says, everything you see here is going to be for you and your descendants. He only had one child, and that's Isaac. And the one thing that God gave him, he's getting ready to sacrifice. Here's, this is what he's getting, this, 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 this is worship. Isaac is a gift, represents a gift of favor received. I want everybody to know here that Isaac represents a gift of favor received. Put it to this way. What is the one thing that you independently received on your own? Can you think of one thing that you have independently received on your own? If you can think of one thing that you have independently received on your own, you don't have to lay it upon the altar and thank God for it. But if there's anything that without God you couldn't have, then you should without reluctance be willing to worship God for it. Isaac is the one thing that he realized that they did not independently receive. How do you know? Because she was 80 and he was 90. They didn't independently do that on their own. When you 80 and you 90, stuff ain't working like it was when it was 20 and you were 30. Does everybody get me? Come on. First service got a little bit quicker than y'all, but that's okay. I, it's a little younger crowd in here in the second service. She's 80 years old. He's 90. And God says, I promise you a child. God, I need you. They receive Isaac. Isaac was not anything independently done on their own without God. Don't ever, ever be afraid to lay upon the altar that which God has freely given you. And let me help you this morning. The very air in your lungs is not independently done on your own. It's given to you by God. 
The fact that you woke up this morning, God, I didn't independently wake up this morning. It wasn't for you. I wouldn't have made it yesterday, let alone today, God. God, I want to thank you for my children. I laid them on the altar, God. I want to thank you for my marriage. I laid upon the altar. I know you work hard and you are smart people, but if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have that job. You wouldn't have that business. You wouldn't have the success. You wouldn't have whatever the losses that you had. And that was God too in the victory that you have. Don't ever, ever, ever be afraid to lay upon the altar and give back to God what he has given to you. That, my friend, is called worship. He laid Isaac on the altar and said, God, you gave it to me. And if you wouldn't have gave it to me, I wouldn't have had it in the first place. So I laid upon you. That's worship. You come in here, God, I worship you that I'm here today. I worship you that my family, even that are not saved, they're going to be saved. Even though my body's not healed, it's going to be healed, God. I worship you at the fact that if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have made it here to start off with. The last sickness would have took me out if it wasn't for you, God. I just want to worship you. And so this is what he's teaching us, and this is what I want us to understand. I'm never afraid or going to be afraid to sacrifice what he's given me in the first place. God gave it to me, but he wants you to sacrifice it. It doesn't, but, but, it, but it's mine. No, it's not. It belongs to God. Anyway. And so the Bible says that when he did that, let me finish on this and get back to what I was doing because I feel like some, in my spirit, I married these two together. This woman was not afraid. Her worship was not afraid. Don't, don't ever be afraid to worship God. And I mean, if, if you feel like you independently, it's all about you and that's why you made it as far as you have, you don't need to be a worshiper. But if you just thank him every, for every ounce of, of the reason of your being, then you've always got something to worship God for. Anyway, so they came to that place, and, and, um, and he said to him, Do not lay a hand on your land. I'm in verse 12. For you know that I know you fear God. For since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behind him there was a ram caught in a thicket. He saw the ram. The ram signified that God just wants to know where you are. Why, was the ram, why did he make him go through there? He wanted him to make sure... He wanted him to make sure that God knew where you are. Whenever you're in the right place, whenever you're in the place of worship, God will always provide for you what you need. If he was never there, he'd have never saw the ram. Worship always puts you there. You can be riding your car, but I got to go there. I got to turn that radio down. You can be on your job. I got to just give it a moment and just worship God right now for what he's getting ready to do. And whenever God sees that you are there, he always provides a way of an escape because you're there. Amen? Y'all get that? And this is what I want this, this is what I want this, this time. I want, I want these 21 days to teach us how to get there. And for every provision that God, because that's why he named it, that's why he named the mountain, Jehovah Jireh. Your provision shall be seen. The Lord shall provide. That God, once we worship you, once we praise you, that we're, we're in a place of worship. And the fact that we're in a place of worship is going to mean you always got a way of escape to whoever to take whatever it is that you, you lay upon us. That's what worship does. So anyway, so we see that, and this is what this woman did. She got there, and when she got to Jesus, she realized that God did have a plan for her, and he called her her daughter. It wasn't because she was looking to be a part of a kingdom. She wasn't even looking for salvation. She was just looking for Jesus, and because she did, he turns to him, her, and he gives her the greatest thing he could. He says, daughter, your faith has made you hold. Get ready to see people don't know nothing about church, don't know nothing about reading their Bible, don't know nothing about praying. Get ready to see people who's not coming to you religious, but God is going to look at them and say, hey, my son, hey, my daughter, I'm going to touch you and heal you and deliver you and set you free. Because there's people sitting in church and knows how to pray, knows how to read their Bible, knows how to fast and know how to come to church, but do not know how to approach God. But if you can learn in these 21 days how to approach God, get ready to see him turn your world upside down. Get ready to see him him touch you and heal you and bless you and wait not because you know how to do it but because of your approach and coming after him we got to change our approach amen and so that's what we're doing here we're we're changing our approach we're coming after him so so number one let's talk about fast let's talk about fast what is fast fast here's the only definition i'm giving you of fast fast is taking away something from yourself and give it to god in order to draw closer to him 
taking something from yourself. Taking something from yourself. Now, we, we've done different fasts here. There's different fasts in the Bible. Let me teach you real fast. I'm not going to teach on them. Let me just tell you real fast about different fasts in the Bible. There's different days of fast. There's, there's one day fast. There's three day fast. There's seven day fast. There's, there's 14 days fast. There's 21 day fast. There's 40 day fast. That is explicitly mentioned in the Bible that you can do these particular days um, and, and do these fasts. If you want to follow a biblical fast, you can do that. There's also different kind of fasts in there. There's, there's a complete fast, um, and, that's, and that, that lasted for 40 days. Jesus and, uh, Jesus and Moses did that. That meant they didn't eat anything or drink anything for 40 days. Now, let me tell you, I don't see you. You're, let me... <laughs> You're not Jesus and you're not Moses. If you do that, you will die. That's about as plain as we can get it, isn't it? That's actually called a supernatural fast. I mean, because Jesus, remember, Jesus didn't eat anything or drink anything for 40 days and went in the wilderness. He was hungry. And then you know, the enemy came against him and said, if you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Because that's what the enemy would do if you ain't eight in 40 days. He's trying to tempt him and say, man, you, you can turn this stone into bread and eat. Jesus could have made a bread factory, but he said, he ain't listening to you. That's a whole other different story for a different day. But there's a 40-day natural fast. We, we, I mean, supernatural fast. We ain't talking about that. People don't do that since, since Jesus and Moses. There's, 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 uh, there's uh, a normal fast, what we call a normal fast. It's generally a, a liquid-only fast. be only just water and juice, and we've done those here. I'm not, call, I'm not specifically calling that. Uh, there's Daniel fast. Daniel fast. The Bible says that Daniel fasted whenever, whenever he was, uh, whenever he was in, he was in captivity in Babylon. That's no sweets, no meats, no bread. No sweets, no meats, no bread. We've, we've called, we've called those fasts as a solemn assembly. When I say a solemn assembly fast, that's when, that's when, uh, Moses, that's when the leaders of, of, of the tribes would call a solemn assembly. This is what I'm doing. I'm calling a solemn assembly fast, uh, of this entire assembly. Uh, this, this entire family of uh, believers that we're going to take 21 days and we're going to give these four things to God. We'll talk about it here in a second. Uh, but, but Daniel was a, it was a, a, that's called a Daniel fast. There's rotational fast. Uh, that's more of what I'm talking about here. I want you to, you can, you can rotate. I'm actually a rotation fast. People always wonder what I'm going to do. I'm just, I'm just rotation. There's certain things that, I, that God's been dealing with me on that I'm going to be giving to him on certain days. Uh, I just want to give it to him because why? If it doesn't mean anything to you, it doesn't mean anything to God. I told, was it last week or is it Wednesday night? I, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not fasting Brussels sprouts. Or cabbage. I'm not. Coconut. I'll be honest with you, I'll go ahead and tell y'all right now. We tell you what I did this morning. Okay, this has changed all perspective. Every morning, in between, I don't eat nothing. I don't. I generally don't eat anything before I get up here. Drink a little bit of juice in the mornings. In between the first and second service, Publix makes these little muffins. Not the big ones, the little small ones. And when I get done with my first and second service, and I'll be honest with you, can I confess? Confess your faults one to another. And it's just what, I'm just being biblical. And so sometimes I'll be up there. If it's going good, if it's not, I'm like, okay, I'm about to wrap this up. But my muffins are waiting for me about there. <laughs> I mean, you don't think I flooded here on a spiritual cloud. Y'all wouldn't believe that mess I had the battle I'm up here. Man. Got some muffins about there. They're waiting on me. And I sit down in between. And I sit down. And I just like popping aspirin tablets in my mouth. I just take y'all. Patayo, patayo. And my guys, they shut my door and they leave me alone. I didn't have my muffins this morning. I gave it to God. It meant a lot to me. You see what I'm talking about? It just does. I mean, it's not a lot of food. My son's sitting here. A lot of food doesn't, I mean, yeah, I mean, I love to eat. I love, I love the fellowship. I love the fun of it. I mean, I love more than anything. I love just going out and eat. I love hanging out with people and just eating. To me, it's social, everything. But there's a few things that they know. There's a few things that I just covet. Makes me happy. Makes me warm. 
Am I getting to? Okay. I gave it to God this morning. You see what I'm saying? Now, if God's called you to a Daniel fast, by all means, Daniel fast. You know, years ago, I told you, we first started, we, we've, we've done Solomon Assembly to 21 day only liquid fast. We had juicers around here, our, our teacher stuff, just juicing stuff because it's just liquid. It's like if you can do it, I mean, it's not a sin if you didn't, it's just what we call it. We've, we've done all kinds of stuff. Um, used to, you know, 20 something years ago, I think the first time we did it here, Things are a little different. I really, I really question God. Uh, um, I want to make sure it's it's important to us because now it's gotten we've gotten so health conscious, which is good. Uh, and watching what we eat, and we eat so bad from Thanksgiving all the way through the holidays. That the first year we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fix it. Come on, we're just talking right now, okay? We're going to fix it because we did so bad in November and December, and we're going to fix it in January. And so used to, we didn't have that. Social media, I believe, helped a lot because all kinds of different ways you can fast to do that. That's just, that's just my thought of it. And I've kind of, and I have, I've seen, especially in the last 10 to 15 years, a drawn away of it really being spiritually important to us. It's a little more important. We got to lose some weight, man. We got to, we got to detox a little bit. And so we, it hasn't been the same to me. And so that's why I really want to make sure that we focus on, hey, I want you to take something that means a lot to you. I want you to give it to God. I even said this Wednesday night. I didn't mean to, but it means it. And I want to throw up there. If it's, if, even if it's not in the food group, it could be social media. It could be a device. It could be something that, that, that on a daily basis that if you remove it, you're going to be able to, you're going to, be able to tell it's not there. And God, I'm doing this for you. Now, let me watch, watch this. Don't not just do it just for the sake of not doing it. Replace it with something. And that's what I'm telling you. Replace it with, okay, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to do another devotion. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do something for God. Is everybody with me? That's as plain as I can make it as far. Now, I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't eat these muffins every single day. So tomorrow might be something else. When it gets during the week, I get so busy, it, it, it might be something else. Is everybody with me? Because what I don't want us to do is, is be like who we thought this woman was. It's not about you making sure that you're, that, that you got everything ortho, ortho. So, so you're so orthodox that you're so under the law. It's all about your approach. Whatever it is, make sure you're passionate about it. That's what moves God. I just taught you that. Right? Everybody say amen. amen. All right. <laughs> I just, we've, I feel so much closer to you now. I just shared something to you that only my family knows. Number two, pray. Just as important or probably more important than what you fast, what you stand for is what you do. I want you to pray. Let me tell you some stuff about prayer. Prayer is not getting God prepared to do your will. Prayer is getting you prepared to do God's will. Prayer is the key that unlocks the gates of heaven and it closes the gates of hell. How many needs both of those things to happen? Prayer has the power to heal sickness and disease. Do you believe it? Prayer can shatter the shackles of misery and habits that torment your life. Prayer can do that. Prayer does not need proof. Prayer needs practice. You practice, the proof will come. If your marriage is under attack, pray. If your children are under attack or being tormented by the prince of darkness, pray. If you're lost and without God, pray. Why? Because God answers prayer. How many is ready to pray? These are some things I want us to do. So I want to make sure that we're praying. All right, number three. So we're going to fast. We're going to give God something. Number two, we're going to pray. I gave you these things and they'll continue to be all over social media. So if you're fasting social media, go online, see it real fast and get off as fast as you can. Number three, read your Bible. Now, with read your Bible, you'll see in some area you put devotion and read your Bible. I believe you're going to read your Bible. I'll be honest with you, you can read a lot of people chronologically go through the Bible from Genesis to Revelations or start with Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John and try to read New Testament, Old Testament. Do that. I believe it's a great regimen. You need to do that. But really, I would love for you to do is find you a good devotion. Go online, find you a good devotion. Or get, just get, during these 21 days, if you can, get a Bible, put it in your hand, and get a book, put it in the other hand. I don't know there's something about it. Maybe I'm old. I don't know. 
<laughs> oh, the old people like me. Yeah, hallelujah. It's a Bible. Pages. Trees. Yes. The Bible shows us God's character. The Bible shows us God's character and provides us with God's revelation of himself to his people. If you want to know God's character, read his book. If you want to know God's revelation of himself to, your pe- to his people, read his book. Get into it. The devotion is good because you can take scripture along with your chronological reading. If that's what you want to do, have your devotion so you can apply something to your life every, every single morning. Okay, so nourishment. Here's the reason why. Number one, the Bible. We got these up here for you too. It contains God's wills for your life. How many wants to know God's will for your life? Read your Bible. It is our spiritual nourishment. How many need spiritual nourishment? We need to read our Bible. Number three, it gives us discernment. How many know sometimes we need discernment? We need to know what's coming around the corner. We need to know what's, what, what to stay away from, what to stay from. Then it gives us discernment. Number four, it instructs us in righteousness. We, need to know, we want to learn how to live in right standing with God. This is what the Bible does. Bible reading does that. It contains power to overcome. How many needs power to overcome? The Bible gives you instructions on how to do that. Number six, it is full of God's promises. How many wants to know God's promises for your life? The Bible's full of that. So now we see ourselves these 21 days because it's important. They say it takes 7 to 14 days to do something to become a habit. So now we, for 21 days, not only is it going to become a habit, we're going to add something more to it. It's now part of our life. We're giving something from God. We're learning how to have a lifestyle. Maybe we won't do it at the end of this 21 days every day, but you're going to learn to, to, to just give something to God. I learned something out of 21 days of fasting. We even have done, the longest I've ever done is 40 days of fasting. 21 days of fasting. The big, I've, I've learned power. There's power in the 24-hour fast. You're going to learn something through this. God's going to teach you this. There's some things you can give him, something you can do for him. Say like in July that you're going to learn here in January that you can add to your life that week or that month and you're going to see a difference spiritually that's going to change in your life. I'm going to be coming through here sometime and I just don't like, I just don't like the, the atmosphere. I don't like what's going on spiritually. I can do a 20, I can do a 24 hour fast and come in the next day and feel a totally difference in the spiritual realm. It's that kind of power. How did I learn that? I learned that through doing this. I learned this through first a year, taking the time. Sometimes God will tell me, don't eat it. I need you to focus on this. Not that I want anything from God because fasting doesn't give you anything. You can't, you fa- if you fast for a boat, you're not going to get it. Fast for a house, you ain't going to get it. Fast for a girlfriend, you ain't going to get it. If you fast to get closer to God, you're going to get it. Now, getting closer to God gets you a boat, house, and a girlfriend, and more power for you, man. That means he gave it to you, okay? So that's what happens. So it does that. So it's very, it's very important we have it. The last one I'm going to close with here is come to church. Amen. Come to church. I think it's very important. Um, the Bible says we use in Matthew 18 and 20. With two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. We know that. We come together, two or more. Say, well, Pastor, I don't have to come to church, but he's in the midst of us. No, but that's a translation. One of the translations I've read years ago, I actually wrote my Bible. It says, I am there in the midst of them, or I am there in a special way. I can pray at home. I can pray in my car, my truck. I can pray, you know, in, in, in the shower. I can pray cutting grass. I can pray doing everything. But in, in the presence of God is there. He can be in Walmart. He can, he can be in the mall. He can be wherever on your job. But let me tell you something. Whenever you're in this house with fellow believers, he's here in a special way. Just a special way. It's just a special way. There's no, there's no getting over it. There's no, there's no getting away from it. All through the Bible, it says that. And so for these next three weeks, I know we, we have great attendance here. I went Wednesday night, man, we, I, mean, we, I, I passed a friend trying to figure out how to keep Wednesday night going or not. I tell you, man, we, we bust at the seams on Wednesday nights. People come to church. You guys come. Our first service is, is attending great. Our second service is attending great. We'll probably have to add another service here pretty soon. I mean, there's a lot more people not coming to church there is in this community. And so we see all kinds of stuff that, that is happening that God is doing because we realize there's just something special about coming to church and being there. So here's my thing about coming to church. Church attendance is vital to everyone. Anyone who belongs to Jesus should have a desire to worship God, hear his word, and fellowship with other believers. I just believe that. 
Anyone who belongs to Jesus should have a desire to worship God, hear his word, and fellowship with other believers. If you don't, then pray about it during this fast. Say, God, help me like people. Church attendance, participation, and fellowship should be an active part in every believer's life. Church participation, church attendance, and church fellowship. Don't just come. Participate. Attend. Because whatever you invest in, you won't walk away from. The local church is the local vehicle to get to the things of the kingdom of God. How do I invest in the kingdom of God? What, what vehicle can I use? It's called the local church. And you come together. Now, I'll give you one more scripture, and I promise you we're done. Matthew 12 and 50. Matthew 12 and 50. Do I have that? Matthew 12 and 50. Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Now, let me, let me tell you this. I was brought up in an old school church. Grandfather was pastor forever and ever and ever. I was just brought up in church. When I was brought up in church, I, the, old, the old folks called each other. I say the old folks, which is me now, but... The adults would say, we call each other brother and sister so-and-so. It was, oh, there's brother so-and-so. We see him in the supermarket. There's brother so-and-so. There's sister so-and-so. I, I was sharing the first survey. It was so much so part of my family that, that the people in the church, to me, were, was, was like relatives. I mean, I just, I just thought they were. I mean, I thought some of the deacons, some of the people, I thought I was kin to them. See, it says here that whoever does the will of my father, the same as brothers and sisters, because we do, we become a, we become a family. We become, we become a family. Sometimes we get so caught up with our physical families, it's okay because they're blood. I mean, we, we, we're supposed to. You're supposed to care about your physical mother and father and brother and sister. I mean, we just had Thanksgiving with them. We just had Christmas with them. We have all of that. But then there is a family of destiny. You know what your family of destiny is? It's people who have something to do with your destiny. <laughs> I'm not telling you your, your, your physical family does it, but I'm telling you your church family has something to do with your spiritual destiny. These are, you got your brothers and sisters and thank God for you, for them. You exchanged give, you had turkey with them, all this stuff. But I want to remind you this morning, you got brothers and sisters in Christ as well. And the brothers and sisters, see, you couldn't pick and choose your brothers and sisters in the physical realm, but you get to pick and choose your brothers and sisters on who you come to church with. And the people that we come to church with and we're together with, these are your brothers and sisters. And I'll be honest with you, watch this. You have more in common with the brothers and sisters in this house than you do in the house you just left on Thanksgiving. Come on, we know it's true. The brothers and sisters in this house, we're going to raise our children the way they should go so when they grow old, they should have to part with it. The brothers and sisters in this house, we have some things in common. Our marriage ain't going to do stuff like that. We're not going to say stuff like that. We don't allow things like that in our house. Why? Because we have more in common than we even thought we did because we are brothers and sisters of destiny. And you have a spiritual destiny because of someone who's sitting in front of you right now. And someone sitting behind you. And someone sitting behind you. People you run with, man. People you hang out with, man. No, you didn't cook turkey with them on Thanksgiving. But y'all see you on Sunday. And you see them on Saturday. You're going to be at church tomorrow. I miss you on Wednesday. You're going to be there on Sunday. Oh, yes, I am. Why? Because they're part of your spiritual destiny. And you're going to make it because of your spiritual family. Are you thankful this morning that you have a spiritual family and a spiritual house called the house of God? Amen. Let me blow your mind. I forgot this one. And the people in here, you look a lot more like your brothers and sisters in here than you do the crowd you just hung out with at Thanksgiving. Come on, you know it's true. You might have her nose. Other than that, man, ain't nothing else. Anyway, are you even? Are you sure you want to adopt it? What's wrong with you? You acting crazy. But you come in here, we look like each other. We, I mean, it's a, we don't. We don't have a. I mean, we always. I mean, me and Jean Paul want to go. That look, man, it's, it's black and gray day. We brothers. Look, black in. 
I came in and it freaked me out. I thought, oh, I'm sick. I can't read here. I, I, everything's blurry. And I realized that's how the shirt's made. Sign up. But we look like our brothers and sisters in Christ. Right? I want to be like her. I want to be like them. I'll raise my children. Okay, last thing. You'll never guess it unless you're in first service. The last thing I'm going to talk about is Belgian horses. I told you, you would never guess it, would you? A Belgian horse is right by himself. Can pull it a 4,000 pounds. That's the size of your car. Right by himself, he can do it. But if you put another Belgian horse, the most powerful horses on the planet. But if you hook another Belgian horse with him, you would think, oh, that would be 8,000 pounds. No, with Belgian horses, you get them together, it doesn't add, it multiplies. So you can take a Belgian horse that pulls 4,000 pounds and put another one with them, then now they can pull 16,000 pounds. It's just an old fact. But watch this. If you take, if you were to put two Belgian horses together and then put them in the same stall, let them hang out together, let them run together. Let them have meals together. Let them do horse stuff together. Then you put them together and, and yoke them up. It's been proven that those two can pull up to 32,000 pounds just because they run together. But that's not the world record. The world record I found out is two horses that pulled at one time 52,000 pounds. You know what they were? They were two brothers. They were two brothers that from the time they were, they were born, they, they put them together, they, they, they slept together, they, they ate together, they hung out together, they did horse stuff together. And these two brothers, that whenever they put them together, that these two here not only pulled 8,000, not only pulled 16,000, not only pulled 32,000, they pulled 52,000 pounds. Want to know why? Because there is a greater return when we come together and partnership together and we can always expect more power. What are you saying, Pastor? You can do more because you're part of a team. You can do more because you're young together with your brothers and your sisters in Christ. You're young together. We worship together. We cry together. We laugh together. We come to church together. And because we're together and you really before. Do you believe it? Put your hands together. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Oh, come on. Give God a big old praise this morning. Come on. Let's just thank Him for relationship. Let's thank Him. Let's thank Him this morning. The most important person you're yoked with is Jesus. There's your brother. Jesus loves us so much that the Father sent us His Son which is our brother, Jesus, to forgive us all of our sins, to help us in every way. You say, well, pastor, I'm not part of a family. I just showed up here today. I'm just trying to do what's right. Well, good news, man. You can jump right in what we're doing here today. We're starting today. Give something to God. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Have a devotion. Just, just give it to God and come to church. We have, we have two services on Sunday. We have one on Wednesday, and we have prayer on Mondays. And just just come for the next. I know I know we're busy. We got we got games. We got work. We got social. Just all kinds of stuff. But make it. Make sure you make it a priority. These next three weeks, I'm not gonna miss a week. I'm gonna be in the house of God. When that happens, comes February, what you thought was last February was harder. It's not gonna be harder to do this year because you're already doing it, and everything else is gonna surround around that. It's the truth. And this family here is very important. I mean, it's amazing what God does here in the family. And, and when, when I'm not here, I miss it. And the thing about it is we represent four counties right here in this one building. 
There's people got this morning from New Hanover County that's here. There's people from Columbus County that is here. There's people that live right here in Brunswick County that's here. There's people from Ori County that's here. Four counties. And God just funnels us in here today. We look different. We sound different. We speak different. We're from different places, north, south, east, and west. But guess what? We're one big old happy family with God. And you know what? Because you belong in this family, you can pour more in 23. You, can, you might not can pour at 4,000, but get ready to pour 52,000 pounds and 60,000 pounds. What you could hold, what used to could hold you back, man, you could, you're going to hold back. Steve was telling me a while ago about a Belgium. He said, I remember going to the, to the old horse pools. I've never been actually, I'm not that country, I've never been to a horse pool. But he said, you hook them chuckers up and they put cement slabs about there. He said, as soon as they harness that chuckers up, he said, you better get out of the way because as soon as you harness them, they're ready to go. He said, the guy, they got a, they got a, they got a hook and that hook is, they, they, they get a forklift and put this, the cement slab there with a, with I guess cable around it, with, with a ring on it. And as soon as they harness that up, the guy's got to hook that, that, that hook with that, with that, with that a ring there. And they say, if he misses it, the horses just take off. Why is that? Because they're bucking, they're ready to go because they know what they yoke with, they know what they can do. Get ready to have a power to come over you that what you could not do, you didn't feel like running, you didn't feel like pulling, you didn't feel like going. Get ready for what the enemy's been holding you down with until you can't do it. Get ready, says, I'm harnessed, I am yoked with the things that what I couldn't do on my own, I can now do with the power of God. Let me head bow every eye closed. You say, Pastor, I need to be a part of your family. I need to be part of the family of this church. But most importantly, you need to be part of the family of God. We're just a local assembly of, of what is in the four corners of this earth called the family of God. In different countries, different nationalities, different, different, different creeds, different languages, all over the place. People in the four corners are getting saved every single day. And you're part of the kingdom of God. If you want to be a part of that family and be in yoke with something you can't do on your own, but you can do with God, just raise your hand right now with the see of his hands. God bless you. I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm not asking you to sign up for anything. I'm just saying, just signify, say, I want to be a part of the family of God. What I could not yoke by myself, I can now yoke together with him. Come on, everybody in here, let's say this prayer together. Let's say it out loud. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for coming. Thank you for being my brother. Taking away my sins because I'm a sinner. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me and loving me and bringing me into my Father's house. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this church and my brothers and sisters that is here with me to help me every single day of my life. And I promise you, Lord, from this day forward, I will live for you as you show me how. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, you want to say We hope you enjoyed this message from our weekend experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpraisechurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.